0: This past week, um, during one of the fellowship prayer Zoom meetings that we had, we just kind of started talking about, you know, kind of like our our upbringing and things we went through, you know, in our adolescence, the things that we are ashamed of, um, and thankful for Jesus and how he's rescued us, forgiven us, and reconciled us. Um, And what we touched on was how, or at least I did, was specifically how coming to this church, Trinity Gospel Church, since 2004. I got baptized in 2004, right there in that baptistry, declaring my faith publicly, crucified and risen with Christ, united with Him. And all these years, just living in community with the church, it has been so transforming for me. And and, and it, it just reminds me of this quote, that community is what messed you up, and community is what will heal you specifically a christ-centered christ-exalting community that's what will heal you and it's specifically here that i've experienced healing and growth of so many kinds that i can't even measure on this side of heaven and so i'm so thankful for this community and so as we talked about last week i'm reminded of of what we saw there where, you know, on, on Pentecost Sunday when the believers, they, 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 they were gathered from, well not the believers, at first, there were Jews gathered from all the nations, from the Middle East to Europe to Africa, and, and just gathered there on, on the annual festival. Fifty days after after the Passover, and, and and they were there gathered, and they heard the Holy Spirit whoosh down, and the fire tongues of fire sitting on top of the believers who were pray, who were praying, uh, dependent on God to come through for them, and He does, and the Holy Spirit is, it fills them, covers them, and they're praising God in all these different languages, and they're united. And then all the surrounding people who are who are gathered there for this feast rush to find out what in the world is going on, and they're hearing from their native languages, from from the Middle East, from Europe, from Africa from everywhere in the known world of the Roman Empire, how are they hearing the praises of God through Christ in their own language? And so Peter, he stands up and he says to them, it is because right now what is being fulfilled is that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, and his name is Jesus, will be saved. And you will be gifted with the promise of the Holy Spirit, God's presence dwelling inside you. And when you are adopted into the kingdom of heaven, for good, forever, into the family of God, you are united with people across ethnic boundaries, and you are family, you are brothers and sisters in Christ. And thus, as you live amidst a crooked generation, a crooked culture, the Roman Empire at the time, you are not only being saved into the kingdom of heaven, but as you do that, what will inevitably result is that you are saving yourself from the crooked culture around you. And so the question was, what was the Roman culture like? And again, I said last week that, you know, we kind of think of the Roman Empire or, or Roman citizens as toga-wearing mythological God-worshippers, to which we can't relate. And we're like, we're so far advanced beyond those guys. To which I say, we are just like them in terms of our culture right now. Why? Because the culture was completely divided across class, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, whatever you name it. And not only that, as, as a result of their idolatry of all all these, these gods that promised health, wealth, pro- power, politics, love, romance, beauty, children, travel, food, drink, career, and knowledge. The very things that our culture, our divided culture, tells us to chase. Tells us that these are the things to strive after. And we give our lives over to that. That's what we call worship. We give worship worth, ultimate worth to those things. And so we live in the same crookedness that the Roman Empire and the Roman citizens did. And so when we are saved into the eternal kingdom of heaven forever, we are also being saved into a new kind of humanity now. We are also being saved into a new kind of humanity now. That's what the church of God is, the people of God where we're not worshiping, we're not, we're not divided by ethnicity, social class, whatever's on your resume or whatever your personal history is, is marred with. We are united across all those man-made distinctions and boundaries. where We like to separate and ascribe worth to whatever and compartmentalize, but rather we are united through the blood of Christ, which is thicker than the waters of the world. The waters of our culture are turbulent, tossed to and fro waters. We are united through the blood of Christ. And not only that, we are no longer worshiping or at least living for health, wealth, power, politics, love, romance, beauty, children, travel, food, drinking, God, career, and knowledge. Rather, we are, we are living for and worshiping the crucified and risen Jesus, our Lord. He is what unites us. He is what we're striving after. And as a result, when we, all of us, all of us, individual souls, saved into the kingdom of heaven, we are now brought into this new humanity now. And we live in such a radical, different way than the crooked culture around us. Completely different. And, and, and here's the thing. in our Our temptation is always the pull of sin is away from Jesus, away from Jesus, and self-absorbed, self-interested. And so the pull of sin says, push Jesus out the picture. How can you live for yourself? It's full of sin. And Peter exhorts them, look, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Like that, like, like that grocery cart that's that has that crooked wheel. It's always going off course, off course, off course. That is our heart. That is the hearts of everyone in our culture. Romans chapter 3 says that no one is righteous, not one. Not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They're spewing venom and murder and hate all the time. They hate God and hate one another, and they're hated by others. That's the culture we live in. Nothing's changed 2,000 years later, okay? And so, Jesus said, remember in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. You are, you, you know, a city on a hill. You are a city within a city. You are an alternate community within a large community. You are an alternate nation within a cricket nation. You are uh, an, an alternate people amidst a divided people. City within a city. And so then the question is, Is that okay, then what resulted? Okay, is it just kind of, you live a completely opposite life? What, 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 what did their lives look like? And this is what we're getting to today. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And you're going to see here exactly what was the result of them receiving Christ, adoption into the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven, brought into a new kind of humanity now, Separated from the crooked culture around them. What did their lives look like? Three simple points. Three simple points. Right, so, so yeah, so we go. And then 40, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And then verse 41. Right, and so they, they received the word. They believed it. They were baptized. 3,000 souls entered into the kingdom of heaven. And brought into a new kind of humanity through Christ, under Christ. And then at 42, they, were, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And then this, this, this summary statement here gets expounded on in the rest of the verses. And so, uh, uh, just, just a really quick uh, you know, a, a summary is, is that they were devoted to scripture's authority, they were devoted to sacrificial unity, and they were devoted to winsome worship. And now I'm only going to get, probably at this rate, going to get through the first one. Okay, so please tune in next week and you'll see how this relates. All right. Uh, With with what it means for to have God as father. Okay. If I have some time, I'll try to touch on it today. But I want to talk about these things that they were devoted to. It It was radically different from the crooked culture around them. Number one, they were devoted to scripture's authority. Right? To the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching. What was the apostles' teaching? Literally, the word apostle means sent one. Sent one. You were sent with a message. And these were people who saw the risen Christ or knew someone who did. And and so they were sent by Jesus. They were the the, the immediate disciples of of the risen Christ. And they were sent with this message of the gospel of of first importance. 1 Corinthians 15, Christ crucified for our sins according to the scriptures and risen again according to the scriptures on the third day. They They were entrusted with this message that they were sent with to the ends of the earth. Right? Immersing them into the presence of God, and to follow Christ in this world, to the ends of the earth, till the end of time. That's what they were called to do, these apostles, and and all who would follow them. And so, these apostles, what they did eventually was that they obviously wrote a bunch of letters, right? When they would travel to and fro, they would write letters to the churches. And in there, you see the majority, the bulk of their teaching, that you can know that these guys were probably teaching these early acts, 3,000 souls there and so we actually happen to have the apostles teaching right there in our bibles bound up next to the old testament all of which points to the new testament or in your bible app or your or your bible uh, website you, you, the, all of that is right there it contains what the apostles were actually teaching Okay, and so if you want to know okay, okay can I find out what the apostles were teaching just, just open up the bible it's right there and this is what we try to do every Sunday and I want to exhort you to try to do that every single day if you can Now, here's the thing. Why is this important? Every single day, we are inundated by the news. We are inundated by all these subjective opinions. We're inundated by all these biased perspectives. We're inundated by indicting social media posts. We are inundated by the world's wisdom from this side, this corner, that perspective And our head's spinning. We don't even know what to make of it. Usually our our heels tend to dig deeper into whatever we feel like we already believe and want to do. And so, what I want to exhort us to do is to actually find out what God has declared. What has God declared about the very things that you are hearing about in our cricket culture? What has God said? I, I'm, it, the Bible says about itself is that the scriptures are God-breathed and is useful for t- teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. All of the scriptures is enough. It's sufficient on its, by its own. And so open up the scriptures and, and there you will see, I'm, I'm telling you, open up any of the apostles' letters, any of the apostles' letters, whether it's Paul, John, Peter, you name it, you open it up. All of there, you will always find every single topic you find out in the news or in your social media news feed, anything you see in there will be covered by the apostles' teaching. I promise you, you will always find it in some degree or another. You will find it covered by and explained it theologically with the gospel lens of how we are to view these things. But the fact is we're going, I just want the next digital candy article, whatever. I just want to read this, read that, read this and read that, which all of which has nothing to do or is completely void of a Trinitarian gospel lens. So would you say, why is that important, Jim? Why do you need a, a gospel lens, specifically a Trinitarian gospel lens? Why is that important? The scriptures are not only important for kind of understanding what's right and wrong, the way that God has authored life and declared it, what it means to live in relation to Him and to one another in the world. Not only is it just important to kind of, you know, know what's right and wrong, right? Just like, you know, my son, he, he received a Lego set from from his grandma. And and, and and yesterday, I was just so proud of him. He put together the Lego set, you know, most of it all on his own, just by just by looking at it, taking it step by step by step. I was just just like, wow, you know, just just by following the careful steps, knowing what's right, what piece goes where, that, that is absolutely how scripture works. And yet we're going, let me look at this manual, that manual instead, when it came with the manual, this life, the scriptures right there. But check this out. Not only is it important from discerning what's right and wrong, how the steps line up and all of that, of course, not only that, but specifically the scriptures contain uniquely, The power to actually change from the inside out. Only the scriptures do. I will state my life on this truth. Only the scriptures uniquely have the power to actually change you. Because it has the unique Trinitarian gospel. No other document, no other book, no other wisdom, no other uh, uh, biased perspective, no other world religion has the Trinitarian gospel... That can actually change you from the inside out now and for eternity, no other. What do I mean? Usually, usually, people, experts, will tell us or will force us, fear-based, shame us, into morally changing. Right? So, number one, to kind of sum that up, is duty. Duty. You should do this or else you're going to get punished. You should do this or else we're going to fear-based shame you. We we, we are going to cancel you. Or as Jesus said, we're going to kick you out of the synagogues. The the, the false, heretical, religious leaders who were just all about the law. Those guys will kick you out of their company. Number two. Self-interest oh, you should do this so you can look in the mirror and go, oh man, I'm a good person. You should do this because, oh man, you can look at everybody else and go, at least I'm not like them. Both of those can only go so far. It will not change your heart. It will not change your heart. It, 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 it will always be self-concern. I'm fear, I need to self-preserve, so I gotta do what's right, or I wanna look good in front of other people so I can look in front of the mirror and go, oh, you know what, I'm better than so-and-so at least. You know what that will lead to? Only doing what's right when others are looking. There's never a consistency of actually doing it as Jesus said when no one is looking in the Sermon on the Mount. The very thing that Jesus condemned for the religious leaders for doing. That will wear out quickly. We might have a moment of, okay, yeah, I should do the right thing again because of fear, duty, uh, or because of self-interest. That will only go so far, but you will always revert back to the tug of sin that says, actually live for yourself. Forget God, forget others. How does the Trinitarian gospel changes from the inside out? By Trinity, I mean, by Trinitarian, I mean the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. The the unique doctrine of the Trinity revealed in the Scriptures, which Jesus said in Matthew 28, right? Baptize them in the name. Baptize literally means immerse. Immerse them into the name. It also means presence. Immerse them into the presence of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. It's, It's within this place, within the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's from this place that you can actually follow Jesus to the end of the age in a way that's genuine and lasting. Why is this important? When you understand that the Father, that the Father against whom we were objects of wrath, Ephesians chapter 2, we were His enemies, we were objects of His wrath, living in sin and in, in idolatry and opposition to God and opposition to each other. God the Father decided in His love to... to, to, to to declare His steadfast love over us and be committed to it by sending His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to the cross, canceling our sin debt against Him. And all our sin was nailed to the cross so that we no longer have to bear it anymore. And that this Jesus, as we're reconciled to the Father, we are again saved into a new kind of humanity where people of every tribe, tongue, and nation is saved into. And these people are not just people, oh, you know what, who I'm incidentally rubbing shoulders with. They are your family. Regardless of what their backgrounds are. The, the color of the, the amount of melanin that they have in their skin, no matter, no matter no matter where they are even geographically, they are your brothers and sisters in Christ, and now you're adopted into this family. And who's your king? King Jesus, the one who bled and died for his enemies and you because of that realizing that this king went to battle for you and died for you and conquered by rising again for you and is coming back for you and will restore all things with you to enjoy with him when you realize that you say I want to surrender my life I'm going to wave the white flag and follow this king I I give up my own self sovereignty I surrender to him and I'm going to follow his royal decrees of love and truth and 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 righteousness and purity and I'm going to follow him Even though the crooked culture tells me not to. Even if it means that I'm going to get kicked out from certain companies of people who think they got it right. Even if it means I'm going to have my head lobbed off. Even if it means I'm going to get crucified just as the apostles did. Even if it means as one of the disciples get boiled in oil. Even if it means as the early Christians had pieces of raw meat tied to them to be thrown into the stadium to be eaten by lions and leopards. Even if it means I'm going to be tied to a cross and be burned at the stake so that I could give a little light to the Roman Empire. Talk about being the light of the world. And in this kingdom, Fully known, fully loved by Jesus, you got all the love that your love tank of your heart needs so that you can go into any community and go, you know what, I don't even care if people reject me, I just want to love people. I'm not using people to try to get some kind of love and affirmation so that I can feel good about myself and pat myself on the back or try to, you know, you know, avoid doing the wrong thing to get canceled by them. Look, I, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to love on them because Jesus loved me and I want them to see the glory of Christ as well through me. That's why I'm here. Not because I want to receive from them, I'm here to give. I'm not coming to be served, I came to serve just as Jesus did, as he said in the gospels. Not only that, it goes deeper. You go, you know what? Now I actually am totally open to being corrected and rebuked and admonished because you know why? I really believe that I'm a sinner. I really believe I have sinful tendencies. So yeah, get my back. Let me know. Speak the truth and love to me in which ways that I am failing to live into the gospel. Teach me, guide me. Rebuke me. To which you try to do that in this world. Oh man, you know, self-defensiveness, you know, bite back, fight back. But to Christian cause you know what? The very thing that you're confronted me about, I just confessed that very sin to God last night. All of these things, the Trinitarian Gospel, the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you from the inside out. This Holy Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit obsessed with? Making Christ known, making Christ known, making Christ known. And He opens your eyes to see Him. And from the inside, you actually are able to not only live out of duty, but because of beauty. Not because of duty, but because of beauty. Because you've seen, as in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 18, you see the glory of God in the face of Christ and you're transformed from one degree of glory to another because you see this beauty of the Trinitarian gospel and from this place, you are changed from the inside out. This is a Trinitarian gospel. You will not find this in any other book, in any other world religion, in any other wisdom, in any other news article. You will not find this anywhere. You will find this in the scriptures, in the apostles' teaching, based on the whole entire Old Testament, which points to this Trinitarian gospel. You're not going to find it anywhere else. This is where the power is to change. So church, I want to urge you, and, and those who who those who are just just seeking, I want to invite you to open up the scriptures. Start there and end there. And you see it with the Trinitarian Gospel lens, because it's from this place that you can actually change from the inside out, and you will have the power to do what God is calling you to do. Not because of sheer uh, fear-based shame, duty, or self-interested reward and tokenism. No, it's because you have seen the glory of God and the Trinitarian Gospel, and the whole entire Scriptures make sense in light of that. With that said, watch out. Watch out for any perspectives. Don't start and end with the Trinitarian Gospel. Any secular morality, any religious, uh, re- religious uh, morality, none of that has the power to change. You and I know that by experience alone, let alone from what the Scriptures say. So with with that said, watch out for any perspectives that don't begin and end with the Trinitarian gospel. That is a power to change. Don't doubt that. Because here's going to be the temptation. When you see all the the bad that's happening in the world, in your community, in your own life. The temptation might be, you know what, I just need to focus less on the gospel and focus on doing what's good. What's good and what's good. And and, and just nail away at that. that. Just do, do good. You and I know that when we actually do that, you strip away the very power to actually do good. You've put the cart before the horse. Matter of fact, you've you've shoved the horse out of the way, and you got this cart, and it's too heavy for you to push it. As Jesus said, the Pharisees, they loaded the people with burdens too heavy to bear. The Pharisees, he gives this indicting thing about them. Their hearts are far from me. They're teaching the commandments and opinions of men as the law of God. There's this focus on the law, on the law, on the law, without the Trinitarian gospel. And it says that they shut the kingdom of heaven, the door in people's faces. They, they totally disregard the grace of God in Christ. The only way, the truth, and the life. They totally disregard that. Watch out for those. And it says, he specifically, he specifically says that what they do, Matthew 23, check it out. What these hypocritical religious leaders do is that they only do good when people are watching It's total inconsistency, and they're not filled with the love, kindness, and faithfulness that is to I, that is to to, to distinguish the, the believer in Christ from the world. It has to be inside heart, inside out heart transformation. It starts with the Trinitarian gospel, and it ends with that giving glory to God. With that said, be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to Scripture's authority. I'm telling you, application. If you're getting these perspectives you feel like your head's spinning anytime you read anything see anything that sounds huh that's interesting open up the scripture and see what does that have to say about that what has God declared and how can I get the power to actually live it out the right way the, what is actually right and not false let's pray Father God we just come before you And we just confess this morning, Lord, we, unlike the early church, the Acts church, we struggle to be devoted to the scripture and its authority. Essentially, we have failed to be devoted to you and what you have declared. Matter of fact, we've been living a religion of shame-based duty and self-interested pride. And so God, right now we just surrender, we wave the white flag and we say in light of the trinitarian gospel, the Father, the Father who, who, uh, who adopted us when we were objects of wrath because of our sins, Who adopted us into your family? People of every tribe, tongue, and nation who have believed and received the forgiveness of Christ, reconciled to you. And from this place, we would overflow with love because we're family. And from this place, we would be secure to go out into this world and in our community to actually love in a way that's genuine and sincere. Because we got our love tank is full. We don't need to try to receive that from people. Even when no one is looking, we will overflow with it. And because of Christ. Who, who canceled our sin debt on the cross we can say, we can look at our own sin honestly even when people confront us about it we can look at it and go you know what there's something to what you have to say matter of fact i've been asking god to help me through that very sin for a long time and with your holy spirit that's promised in the new covenant the dwelling in us to see the beauty of of your glory, and not just the duty of the law, we can actually change from the inside out. So God, give us this Trinitarian gospel lens to to look at the scriptures and see what you have declared about this or that issue, but ultimately at the end of the day, through resting in this Trinitarian gospel, we can actually have the power to live it out, adopted and reconciled to, forgiven through Christ, Filled with the Spirit, with our love tank full and filled with your glory. Enable us to be bold declarers of this very gospel as we actively live it out as this well. For this we worship you. May our lives, in, in view of this mercy, be a living sacrifice unto you. In Jesus' name.